0: Hey there, friend. You know, weight loss can be a pretty tricky subject, especially if you've already lost some weight and you're working on those last 10 to 15 pounds. It's definitely a different experience than when you're trying to lose the first 10 to 15 pounds. Lots of people have a whole lot of opinions, and it can feel pretty lonely to be working on those last few pounds by yourself. That's why I'm bringing back a beloved free training called Losing the Last 10 to 15 Pounds. We are going to talk about what losing those last pounds is and more importantly, what it's not about. We'll bust through the myths and we'll talk about what's really needed to lose those last 10 to 15 pounds. And finally, I'll share with you how to lose the last 10 to 15 pounds in a way that is loving and safe and healthy and most importantly, a positive experience for you. I'll be presenting live twice on Tuesday, May 21st, Twenty twenty-four, once at 11 a.m. Central and the other at 7.30 p.m. Central. I'll answer your questions live and we'll have a great time together. But if you can't make either of those times on that day, I'm not going to leave you hanging. We are offering several watch parties through the rest of the week and even on the following Saturday. So come and watch the replay with other doctors and interact in the chat with them and my team. So either way, whether you come live or to a watch party. It will definitely be worth your time. All you have to do is register at Katrina Ubell, MD.com forward slash lose the last. That's Katrina Ubell, MD.com forward slash L O S E T H E L A S T. Now, please enjoy the show. You are listening to the Weight Loss for Busy Physicians podcast with Katrina Ubell, MD, episode number 234. Welcome to the Weight Loss for Busy Physicians podcast. I'm your host, master certified life and weight loss coach, Katrina Ubell, MD. This is the podcast where busy doctors like you come to learn how to lose weight for the last time by harnessing the power of your mind. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating and exhaustion and move into freedom around food, you're in the right place. Well, hey there, my friend. I'm so glad that you're here today. We have a really, really fun episode planned for you. I've got Lynn Grogan here, who's been on the podcast before. You were on Lynn when? Last in the fall?
1: November. We talked about Thanksgiving, Christmas.
0: Yes. And so Lynn is the lead coach in the Weight Loss for Doctors Only program and is also our director of all of our programs. And she's on the leadership team and she's all the amazing things. That has nothing to do with why we're talking about what we're talking about today. So <laughs> so we were talking a couple of days ago and you said, you know, we watched this movie, The Biggest Little Farm. And you asked if I'd seen it and I had, I saw it on a plane, like back when we took plane trips, you know, like, so probably a couple of years ago and I loved it. I thought it was amazing, but I hadn't seen it since. And you were like, there are so many parallels to weight loss in there. And I was like, really? And you're like, yeah, you should totally do a podcast episode on it. And I was like, well, why don't you come on and we'll talk about it together. And so here we are.
1: Yes. I mean, this is how I get roped into things, right? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, what if? So it's all good, right? You're, you're like, out. you know what you should do, and I'm like, how about you do it with me? I know. <laughs> I'm
0: zipping my lip from here on out. You're getting a little bit though into like you guys have bees, right? We do. What else are you doing? Like you're, you're like you're getting into gardening and like all that stuff because you're a relatively new homeowner.
1: We are, yeah. So I mean, half of our yard is just stuff. Like we don't really know what to expect, and all of these flowers are just like. Coming up out of the ground, and like randomly, asparagus came up, and strawberries and raspberries. So, oh, that's so fun. We're in the observation stage, trying to figure out what is happening in our yard. But yes, we have the beehives, and this morning I almost stepped on two turtles in the yard. Oh my gosh! Whole ecosystem (laughs) happening around us. It's fantastic.
0: That is super, super, super fun. So, okay, we need to talk about Biggest Little Farm, the movie. First of all, because I rewatched it before we talked. And this is how nerdy I am and how much I am so susceptible to going down rabbit holes. I noticed that they said that this farm is in Moore Park, California. Well, I lived in Southern California growing up and I was like, Moore Park was around the corner. And so I actually... <laughs> Found the address of this farm and put in the address of my childhood home to see how far away it is. And it's a 17 minute drive. No way. Isn't that so crazy? Yeah. I was like, I didn't know that there were even any farms that close to where we lived. I had no idea. So, anyway, so the description of the biggest little farm is as follows The biggest little farm follows two dreamers and a dog on an odyssey to bring harmony to both their lives and the land. When the barking of their beloved dog, Todd, leads to an eviction notice from their tiny LA apartment, John and Molly Chester make a choice that takes them out of the city and onto 200 acres in the foothills of Ventura County, California, naively endeavoring to build one of the most diverse farms of its kind in complete coexistence with nature. So like, here's the deal with this. I watch stuff like this and I like, want to be the person who can do this. (laughs) I have this like very romanticized idea of like what it would be like, but then, I mean, you know, there's a lot of stuff that they have to do that. I'm like, yeah, I would not want to be doing
1: that. (laughs) Okay. I don't know about you, but there were so many scenes where they're doing things out in the farmyard and they weren't wearing gloves. Like I know. And I was like, Oh man, any of the doctors
0: watching this are going to be like, put your
1: gloves on. I
0: I know. There was one thing in particular that I'm not even going to bring up because it's so (laughs) gross. I don't want to like make anybody gagging who's listening, but I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't, I like literally can't believe that's happening. So, so anyway, these two, this couple, they're just the sweetest. And I mean, talk about dedication. They bought this farm that had like foreclosed because basically nothing was growing on it anymore. The soil was absolutely like in disrepair in the sense that it was like hard as a rock, like no nutrients at all. And it was Molly really her dream to have this like amazing farm. And John kind of went along for the ride. So he is a documentary filmmaker and has done a lot of documentaries with animals. So the, this like cinematography in the movie is actually really, really beautiful as well. There's actually, it's a really pleasant, it's not just like, you know. Some person with a camcorder on their shoulder, or like running around mm-hmm. with an iPhone. There's a lot that's actually really, really nicely done, which is super cool. So, anyway, we recommend that you watch it. It's worth a watch. You can go to biggestlittlefarmmovie.com. I watched it on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Me too. So, I think that's where you can find it right now. Probably the easiest. I think you can purchase it on Amazon and YouTube and stuff like that as well. But so, Lynn. You were the one who kind of saw like equated the weight loss connection. So I'm going to let you lead the conversation. Tell us about the first thing that happens that makes you, it made you think, okay, this is just like weight loss.
1: I mean, honestly, from the very like beginning of things where they have this couple that has this like impossible goal. I mean, and and like it the impetus for this was, you know, the dog. They, they got evicted from their apartment and they said, okay, they had adopted this dog and they had told the dog like, Hey, this is, we're going to be the last home that you ever have. And it just happened to be as they were trying to figure out a solution to that situation. They're like, Hey, Molly's always had that dream
0: of having the farm.
1: How, what we do this, but they didn't have any money. So from the get-go, it was like, here's this impossible goal, this thing that you really, really want, but also It doesn't seem like there's this clear path to get there. And I think when I first saw that, I was just like, okay, so many of our clients come to us and they're like, okay, I have this thing I want to do. It seems like you teach this. I don't have this clear path to get there, but it seems like you do. And so I kind of just saw maybe the connection there where they had tried, you know, like they they didn't see how to get there. And all of their friends and family were super skeptical and teasing
0: them. And yeah, they gave them a really hard time. They're just like, <laughs> really this did. is like this crazy pipe dream. Like, like how long is this going to last? Yeah. And yeah, they just kept forging on. And I do agree. Like, I think sometimes you that's what people's experience in weight loss is as well, you know, whether it's actually said to them or they feel like that's just kind of the general sentiment of the people around them, like you're not going to be able to do this or how is this going to be any you know any different than any other time mm-hmm. that you've done this. But having that that deep goal, right, of like mm-hmm. I just want to sort out this weight issue. I mean, that's where I stood. I think that's where you stood as well. Mm -hmm. You know, when you were losing weight, it's just like, I just want to be done with this problem. And in this case, they're like, we just want this beautiful farm that is so biodiverse and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, we're not using pesticides and, and all this other stuff.
1: And they were doing things in a different way. Cause I think that's the thing too, is when all of our clients come to us, they're like, I've tried everything else. Or all the examples that I see out there, there's nothing that really aligns with me and my life. And that was kind of the Chesters as well, Molly and and John. They were just like, we want to do this thing, but we don't see an example of this anywhere.
0: Right, right. Like, and and it's important to mention that there are farms around them, but they're all monoculture. So they're all, you know, just like, I think one was like all raspberries. They were growing Mm -hmm. like under those, like, I don't even know what they called them. Like these, like kind of. Hoops. Yeah, it's like this yeah. arch, these arches and stuff. So, so they're really, they had to like search long and hard to find a mentor who understood what they wanted to create and could actually mentor them adequately. And I think that's what we look forward to sometimes in a coach. We're like, this person sounds crazy, which is what they thought of Alan, the person who was their farming mentor. They're like, especially John was like, "Um, I don't know, Molly really likes him. I don't know what to think of this guy. You know, having us do all kinds of crazy stuff, but like kind of believing in the long term goal, like, you, you know, you don't need to see the whole path clearly laid out. And in fact, there are those obstacles where you're like, I'm pretty sure this isn't going to work, but I'm just going to keep on going. And that's exactly what it's like in weight loss too. Like you have no idea if you're waiting, if the Chesters had waited to know exactly how they were going to create this farm, they never, ever would have been able to.
1: No. And I think that was something that John said right away. He was just like, yeah, I don't know about this guy. And I think that too, is like, that's always the fun part. Like we just had a, you know, a new Waldo group start recently.
0: Waldo's weight loss for doctors only. Just yes. For those who, who aren't familiar with our vernacular, that's a mouthful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they just started,
1: I don't know what, like a month ago. And yeah, as we're recording this, mm-hmm. as we're recording this. And so many were just like, I just I really connect with Katrina, but I'm a little bit nervous about this process, but I fully trust in her. And that's Exactly what I saw with with the Chesters, with Alan is just like, okay, he's got this vision, he believes in this 100 percent, and we're just going to go all in on this and have so much faith in him and his process, even if we don't fully understand what he's doing.
0: Right, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and honestly, I don't think there would have been enough like books that they could have read or videos to watch online or anything. I mean, certainly there was a lot of that, like kind of figuring things out, but, but Alan was really the kind of the person who, who helped them create the vision, plan it all out and understand the bigger picture and so, like, well, let's just follow Alan through. So then Alan actually passes away of cancer. So they are kind of on their own. And John, in his narration, says, like, you know, Alan told us that by this year, this thing would be happening. So Alan is gone at this point, but they were still, you know, continuing on and seeing how what Alan said would happen does happen in terms of like things actually coming into balance the way they had hoped because they were going from this like, I mean, to even call it an ecosystem is generous. I think, right? Like it was literally there's just like nothing, nothing. and and in creating something that you know, it's like that circle of life. It's like the circle of life song starts to play in your head. You know, like where it's like <laughs> you realize you're like, oh my gosh, there's a reason that coyotes can be helpful. What you know? you yeah. See this this whole combination.
1: Well, and I think to your point when you had just said they couldn't have read. Enough books to even apply to them. I mean, because the books don't know their land and where they're located in California and all those things. And I think that part also lined up is that, you know, like all of our clients have their own unique body. And so it's like you could read books upon books upon books, but until you actually experiment with things for your unique, you know, everything that's unique about you, you can't figure out a way forward. And so I think that was also another parallel that I saw is that. It doesn't really matter what you read until you actually try it out on yourself. That's how you find the way forward.
0: Totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And just understanding like there's going to be that experimentation. Like there were so many different things that the Chester's tried, you know, then like, they're like, let's try this thing. Let's try that thing. Knowing that sometimes there was the easy out. Like they mm-hmm. could have used the pesticides or they could have, you know, like they were talking about how all their neighbors would just shoot the coyote. And like, they're just trying to figure out some sort of solution. And I think, you know, that commitment to the bigger purpose, I think is has such a parallel to weight loss too, because you can always go the diet mentality route anytime you want. You want a lose weight quick, you know, scheme? Totally, you mm-hmm. can do that, but at what expense? And it doesn't move you further along the path toward getting that result that you really, really want, which is the peace and freedom around food and no longer having the overeating issue as a whole, right? So it's like so easy sometimes to just be like, ah, oh, screw it. I'm just going to do the easy thing. But to what end, really?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think too is one thing that really surprised me. And I think what have like just devastated me or not devastated, but Like the first year they farmed, where they got there, where, you know, like this is their heart and soul they're pouring into it. They had to set up a foundation first. Like they had to like get the soil up and running. They had to basically rip out all of the crop that was there. They had like one single crop on the land. They had to start from from scratch on this farm. They weren't reaping any harvest. They weren't selling anything that very first year. They had to have so much patience as they followed Alan's system to like work towards their goal so if they wanted to do something brand new, they were going to have to be super patient. And I think that part also reminded me of weight loss is if you're, you know, the way that we teach it, and maybe you want to jump in here, but you might not lose
0: weight right away. Totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I remember, I think at one point, John even says like, you know, the amount of money we had budgeted for the first year was like, you know, the first six months, it was already <laughs> gone. And it was just yeah. like, you know, and they had to, had to find investors and like they did not have the money. They were not personally funded, So, yeah, I mean, we see that again and again and again with the people that we work with where they come in and there is a foundation of personal work that has to be done before they can really successfully start to lose weight and keep it off. And so, you know, over the years that I've done this, what I used to notice is that there would be a lot of people who would have just kind of like a lot of turmoil and sort of drama around their food, you know, so they weren't digging really into the personal work that they need to do, looking at their thoughts, like the mind work that we talk about. They were like, and then I made a plan and then I didn't follow it. And oh, and what's wrong? And like, maybe I need a, a different way of eating. And maybe I need to, you know, fast in a different way. And they were like, really, really food focused. And I started to see over the course of time, like that's almost like a compensatory behavior for some people. Like they don't even feel comfortable digging into the mind work at all. So like if there's just a lot of drama around the food, then you can just stay Focused on thinking about the food, you don't have to actually dig into what's going on for you. And we had several people, clients who lost, you know, who like lost weight and did all the stuff, and then came back and they're like, "I totally avoided doing the mind work part, and now Mm -hmm. I'm back because I need to do that part." I and I realized that. But on the flip side, we have people who sometimes are binging or you know just are in a state where there's just other significant issues going on in their life that what they really need is some coaching first. So that they can get all of that to come to a place where now they really can approach themselves with love and respect and lose weight in a way that's sustainable. And what I am constantly forever telling people who have that path is don't blame yourself. Don't be disappointed. Don't be embarrassed that it's taking too long. I mean, you can lose weight fast if you want to, but who cares if you just gain it back? in another 6 months. Like who cares if we want a certain result that means that it's the last time you lose weight, then who cares how long it takes? All this work has to be done regardless. It's not going to be any easier when you're thin. So if we have to do it when you're when you're still overweight, that's okay, right? Like it's it's okay to just have your own path and do it your way. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and that's where like that commitment and like kind of a faith comes into it is just sort of building that foundation first, working through all the stuff you need to work through first, knowing that with the end goal in sight that you keep moving forward instead of like stopping for those quick fixes, you know, like, okay, I'm gonna do something extreme or something from, you know, like your dieting days that really doesn't help you in the long term.
0: Right, exactly, exactly. Because that's always gonna be available to you. You can always do something crazy or go on, you know, well, I don't know, whatever the the grapefruit diet or whatever you, do, whatever you want, this is lemon cayenne like, oh, thing. Listen, if that worked, I'd be all in. It just it's not going to solve the problem, right? So yeah, I don't know. It just does. It just seems like it like like a diversion. Like yeah. the the path you need to take remains, you know. So if you want to do that, you can. But we'll we'll still be here for you when you're ready. Exactly. Yes. All right. So. Obstacles and strategies. Let's talk about that. Oh my gosh. They had so many obstacles, like so many obstacles. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe they kept on going, but I think it was a little bit like what choice did they have? Like they were in, they were so in it that. Like, what else were they going to do, you know, and they had all these people's money and whatever, and they probably just had to keep on going. I mean, it was just, it was so incredible. So do you want to touch on some of those obstacles and then the strategies they found? Yeah,
1: I mean, this was a big part of the documentary is going through all the things that they had to go through in this. And I mean, this is probably like a huge portion of people in our program, too. It's just all the obstacles and strategies. You get past like the first very like fun, sexy part of like learning about the weight loss. But then your real life happens and we need to figure out how to solve for those things. So I mean, anything from the first getting started, they didn't have enough help on the farm. I mean, they quickly realized like, okay, we need help. But going back to the money thing, they didn't have a lot of money to hire people. So they went online and found kids. I mean, essentially kids, like people in their early 20s from all over the globe who wanted to come and learn this way. So here you have people that are showing up very willing, but don't really have a lot of knowledge but they needed the hands. So they figured yeah. that out that one pretty quickly.
0: They were all like learning together basically. You yeah. Know? And like what you need is just like manpower, people power, right? You people need power. people who can go and do things and feed the animals and, and do all of that stuff. Sometimes watching that, that movie, sometimes I'm like, did they ever sleep? Like, oh my God. <laughs> I <laughs> it know. Seems like overwhelming to me, but I'm sure, you know, it's just the way that. When way, you the have the a dream though, together. Katrina. Right. I guess so. I guess so. Yeah.
1: Uh, so the next thing is that they had to plant a lot of cover crop underneath their orchard to help, you know, improve the soil. But again, quickly realized that like, okay, this is going to be overgrown. Oh my gosh. We're going to spend so much time mowing it. This was like Ellen, their mentor's suggestion is like, hey, put the sheep out there. The sheep will eat all of this, this food for them, and then their droppings will help fertilize the soil. So it's a win-win. They didn't have to use any of the people power there. They just had to unleash their sheep. Right. But most people probably would have moaned that. You know, they would have gone for a traditional method there, the quick and easy, whereas this was much more sustainable.
0: Totally. Absolutely. Yes. And then, okay, one of my favorites, because this totally took me (laughs) off guard when I watched it, was the snails. So they had like all these snails and what is kind of, I guess maybe why that sort of struck a chord with me was because my parents growing up in California had a garden, you know, at times in the yard and, and they had the snails would totally come and they would eat the lettuce and my mom would be so mad. And it was just like a whole thing with the snails. I just remember there always being snails around. So they're having all these trouble with the snails. The snails are eating the leaves, I think of the citrus trees, right. And like, they're just, you know, creating all this havoc and then they've got all these ducks. Who Wasn't that also when they had the, I think they were like in the drought Drought, and like the the pond was like really in poor shape for the ducks and stuff. So they're like, what if we gather up the ducks and, you know, see if they will eat these snails? And they did. Would they say that they ate like like (laughs) 90,000 snails? Like, and you can see the ducks. It's like, you've never seen happier ducks. So they're just like delighted to eat all of these snails Cause they'd been trying to do it by hand. You know, they'd been trying like all these workers, uh-huh. like going and gathering all these snails. It was just so, so smart. Right. Cause then of course the ducks are pooping right there. And then that helps the soil and it like got them out of the, the pond. that was like it, with the toxic algae bloom, like the whole thing, it was just like so creative such a creative strategy and solution. And I think again, in weight loss that happens so often, like we're like, okay, we see the obstacle. And then we are, you know, so quick to usually just be like, see, I knew this wasn't going to work. I just can't Mm -hmm. do it. (laughs) So that's the first thing we need to move past. Like, okay, well, what if that's not true? What, what if there are some solutions here that, that I can, you know, work to figure out, but then, you know, sometimes like those first solutions don't work. And again, Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, they needed a solution to these snails. They had had to figure something out. Same thing with all their flies that they had. You know, it's just like, there's so many issues that just like they had to sort it out. If you look at weight loss in a similar way, where it's like, this is an obstacle that's keeping me from what I want. I'm going to keep going until I figure this out. You'll come up with some creative solution eventually. You know, I always like to think of it as like our brains, they just want to do whatever we ask them. You know, so like if you're just sitting around going, why can't I lose weight, it'll tell you all the reasons why you can't lose weight. If you ask it, though, how can I overcome this obstacle? How can I figure out the solution to this? it will tell you, it will, you know, that's like that thing. You wake up in the morning, you're in the shower and all of a sudden it's like, boom, you've got it. You're like, oh my God, yes, that's going to be the thing. (laughs) And you know, what's funny is I've had that experience with other things as well, where, you know, I notice my brain, I'm like trying, like, you know, working on something, trying to figure something out. My brain's like, there's no solution. I'm like, no, but just keep thinking about it. There's no solution. Okay, but just keep thinking about it. And I noticed my brain's like, you should just listen to a podcast and just give it up. You know, like just turn on a podcast. You know, I'm like, no keep thinking about this. And then it's like, boom, there it goes. It's like three minutes later, I get the answer. And I'm like, ah, oh, yes, that's what I'm going to do. So, so understanding that concept of like the obstacles really are the path toward getting you what you want. Like we all think like, I want to find the obstacle free path to permanent weight loss, but that's not how you create the path. The path is created by the obstacles as they're solved. Yeah. And that's like, that's really the main thing. I also just want to say the owl houses were incredible. Those barn mm-hmm. owls. And they had like 84, 87 barns 87, or uh, owls they ended up having. It was like incredible. And they were so beautiful. I couldn't even believe it.
1: Well, that was the part where I'm like, oh,
0: you know, his cinematography was amazing. Yes, it really was so good.
1: Yeah. And I think too, on the obstacles front, like was where, you know, we're recording this, we're approaching like summer holidays in this part of the world and I mean, that's what it's going to be. You can't just like, what? You're just not going to go to the pool with your kids. You're not going to go on vacation. I mean, all of those things for people, they're, you know, coming up with strategies for them. So it's just like, okay, you're going to have many, many opportunities to come up with solutions to right. help keep going towards your goal. So
0: totally. I mean. And also just with the world opening up, you know, there's events again, you know, for a while there, the travel and special events, like we just weren't having that as an obstacle. For some people, they actually were actually like, this is actually the easiest way to lose weight because I don't have anywhere to go. I, you know, I just cook for myself all the time. Not everybody had that experience, but regardless, even if that was the case, like you still have to learn how to now live in the mm-hmm. outside world in whatever shape or form that takes. And figuring out, like, how do I travel and eat in a way that's really honoring of my body and honoring of myself and my relationship to myself and still have fun and still Mm -hmm. enjoy myself? Like, how do I decouple the idea that the most fun part of getting together with other people is the food and the alcohol? Yeah. Like, working yourself through that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And the solution shouldn't be that you just don't have things in your house or you just don't go out. It's like, well, how do we do those things and honoring our word to ourselves?
0: Exactly. So good. So good. All right. Let's talk about endurance. When that rain came, I was like, oh my God. (laughs) So they had, they had like massive drought and then was it 18 inches of rain that fell in in a couple of days? I think it was like 18 to 20 inches. It was like an incredible amount of rain, incredible amount of rain. And so, you know, spoiler alert, what ends up happening is all the farms around them that are monoculture that don't have that good quality soil are having like these big floods and, the water's washing away their soil. But on the the Chester's farm, because of the quality of their soil and because of all their cover crop, it just went right straight down into Mm -hmm. their aquifer, which is what they're using for irrigation anyway. So it's just like such a great example of you never know when that's going to happen. And like you set yourself up for success so that you could have the benefits from it when it does come. And what I was thinking about that is like, how often do we have people who are like, well, I've been following my plan. I'm like totally on plan. I'm doing my thing and I'm not seeing the weight loss results. Mm-hmm. And then like, we were just like, just stay the course, just keep on going. And it does, it requires like a lot of trust and belief. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, you're down six pounds and you're like, yeah, see that happened because you stuck with it. Cause you didn't give up. Cause you didn't say I need to change everything. Cause you didn't, let your your mind get the better of you. You just stayed the course and kept on on doing what you knew would help to support you for the bigger picture.
1: Well, and I think too is I mean even you know during the pandemic we had so many people come to us that just said Wow I would have reacted like before learning all of the mindset work I would have reacted I would have reacted in this way that would have been really detrimental to me. I mean you've coached many clients on this as well, but they were like Wow I was amazed that like how calm I was or how much I was able to manage my mind, you know, I had, I definitely had a freak out, but then I was able to like really support myself in that. So, I mean, just, I think the benefits beyond that, like they just didn't fall apart.
0: They knew how to support themselves. Right. Yes, totally. Yes. They, they completely had like set the stage for, you know, because here's the deal, like hopefully we never have another pandemic again, but like other things are going to happen, you know, whether it's to all of us or to, you know, us individually or whatever, but there's going to be, more stressors, there's going to be more big things that we prefer not to go through that will happen have we set up that groundwork to support ourselves so that we really can get through it. And I love how you said, you know, they had their freak out moment. It's not like everybody was like in peaceful Zen, like, what do you mean? What's wrong with the pandemic? Like, that's not what was going on. No. You know? well. <laughs> but, but but you know, so many of them said, you know, like, I feel like I'm in such a better place than all the people around me. Like, I feel like I'm doing okay. Like, I, I really feel like, like I'm so much more optimistic than most people around me or I'm like so much more solutions focused or things like that, which is which is great. That's, that's all we can ask of ourselves. I mean, at the end of the day, we're still all human. We're still going to experience all the emotions, but you know, what the mind management tools help you to do is help you to not spend any more time in the negative emotions than you have to. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so good. All right. So talk to us about how solutions focused they were.
1: Oh, do I want to talk about this? I'm like, oh, this next part. I'm trying to think about how to talk about it in a way that doesn't make me sad for them. Sad, I know. So they had this beloved rooster who adorably hung out in the hog pen with their, yes. their pig named Emma. Mm-hmm.
0: And- They were buddies, Emma and Greasy. Uh, they were Greasy is the, the name kid. of the rooster. Greasy
1: the, Greasy the rooster, yeah. yeah. And they were buddies. And one day, one of the farm dogs killed Greasy. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, they have this whole scene where you can see like this this great Pyrenees, he's covered in blood, sitting next to the other dog. And, you know, of course they're devastated because this is, you know, they've- He was like their pet at this point. He was their pet at that point. But they realized quickly in looking at both of the dogs that one dog was covered in blood and the other dog who had just as much access to Greasy the rooster was not. And they realized in that moment that the one dog wasn't going to kill- chickens or roosters or any of them. And that maybe that was a solution to their coyote problem. They could put that one farm dog in the chicken pen and...
0: Keep the um, chickens safe at night. Because the coyotes were getting in and killing a bunch Mm -hmm. of chickens. Like, And this happened again and again and again. And they were trying to not have to kill coyotes. So they're just trying to figure out how to keep these chickens safe. And it ended up being that, you know, Gracie gave his life so that they could figure out which dog was the one that could could go and, and, and protect those chickens. Because I mean, that was really a main way that they were making money. Cause remember Mm -hmm. even like their fruit, like the starling birds were coming and like wrecking so much of their fruit. So the eggs from their, their hens were super popular and were selling out. So that was by that point, actually like something that they could sell and make money on. And, you know, was, was desirable by the community, So losing a bunch of their hens again and again and again was a real problem.
1: Yeah. And I think to me, the message there was if they had just been focused on being angry at the dog and, you know, being in the grief, which of course, both of those things happened, they wouldn't have been able to see like the bigger picture there, which is, you know, okay, wait a minute part of this has happened for us because now we know that the one dog isn't going to kill the chickens. So if they had stayed, you know, just like in that negative space, they wouldn't have seen like, okay, wait a minute, here's a solution here that was just waiting to happen. We just didn't even know about it.
0: Right. Exactly. They, yeah. It's like they, they allow themselves to see that silver lining, you mm-hmm. know, and figure out how it was happening for them. Yeah. So, so good. Okay. And then finally, ongoing effort. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So there is this idea I think a lot of people have is like, okay, I'm going to figure out my food. I'm going to figure out all this eating thing. And then I'm never going to have to think about it again, which, you know, I wish that was the case, but I mean, we are humans. We age food as our fuel affects us differently over time. So there's always going to be like this ongoing effort that we have. And just like on this farm, it's not like they just get it dialed in. And it's like, okay, the animals feed themselves, the crops do themselves, there's still things that come up they have to solve for. I think that's the main parallel there I saw at the end is just like, yeah, there's still stuff that we figure out as we age, as our bodies change. You're never just like done with it, but your relationship with it changes. So it's just like the drama that, you know, I used to have around food earlier or like a lot of our clients did, it's not the same. But do I still have to figure out things, you know, like as I, you know, get into my forties and that changes there? Yeah, I still have to figure out like, oh, okay. Maybe I'm not eating as much rice or whatever as I used to, you know, you're still figuring things out. You're still experimenting. So that's kind of what I saw there. It's just like, oh, okay. Like if I can remember and like if clients can remember, like there's still this effort as we go forward, it's just different because we're managing our mind around it.
0: Yeah, totally. And you know, what's interesting about that is I think, I think weight loss is unique in this sense, because, you know, if you let's say you quit smoking cigarettes, you really don't have to think about cigarettes ever again for the rest of your life. Or like, if you stop drinking alcohol, similarly, like you don't really have to think about it anymore. But with food, since we do have to eat some food, I mean, there will be some thought that will go into it. But I think what people get confused about when they are disappointed by that is they think that people who don't struggle with their weight and who are naturally thin never think about food. Like there's a normal amount of thinking about food, that people have that like humans have. (laughs) And we want to get ourselves as close as possible to that level of thinking, not to a point where you don't think about it at all. And that's where I think people get really confused when they're like, well, listen, if I just had a personal chef, then I just wouldn't have this problem anymore. And you know, what I always say is like, I guarantee you that would not be the case. Because if you want to overeat, you will find a way to overeat. And just because someone's making you some food, and it's sitting in your house, does not mean that you're going to eat that or want to have that or whatever. So like there's still going to be it's kind of like taking personal responsibility for that that part which is like well let me check in. Nobody's going to know if I'm hungry except me. You know no one can tell me <laughs> that. Like I need to check in with my body and find out. No no one has to live in this body except me. So you know I'm going to be the one paying attention to how certain foods make me feel in my body. I think as I am getting older and older that's so much more of it for me where I just realize like even if I think something tastes good if consistently, I find that, you know, for whatever reason, I don't let, I don't feel good in my body after I start going like, okay, you know what? I think that's going to be one that I just, I don't have anymore. I have it, you know, real minimally or just like a couple bites and that's it. Like I'm not going to have a lot of it. Even if it's like quote unquote healthy or nutritious, Mm -hmm. it's, it's being that expert in your own body. And the only way you can be an expert in your own body is if you do actually think about your body and what you eat on occasion, (laughs) but it's not an obsession. Right. And it's, and like the piece that we're talking about is like the cookies aren't calling to me from the counter. You know what I mean? Like that's the piece, like where it's just like, I'll eat when I want to, but when it's time to eat, then like, yeah, what, what would be the most nourishing thing for my body right now? What would make me feel amazing? And so I think I'm, I'm really glad you pointed that out because, because I think you're right. Like, I think we kind of just hope that there could be a place where we just never have to think about food anymore. We could just like exist on air. <laughs> <at some time. laughs> yeah. <laughs> we never have to Definitely. think about it again. But that's just not, you know, that's not how it is. This is what I've always said about this though is like every human has a way that they like to avoid feeling their emotions. For me, it happens to be food. For you, I think it happens to be food. Mm-hmm. For some of our clients, it's also alcohol or mostly alcohol. And there's so many other ways that you can avoid feeling your emotions. So, like, such as, spending too much, working too much, you know, whatever, all the things, gambling, you know, other drugs, things like that. If there has to be a way that my my brain prefers to have me not feel emotions, I think I'll I'll keep it with food. <laughs> being the, the, the way it prefers. And I'll do the management around that so that like that feels like manageable to me. I'll just stick with this one thing. I don't want to have to swap it right now I have no issues with food, but now I, you know, have a gambling addiction that I have to deal with or something like that. I'm like, no, I'll stick with food. It's good. This is, this,
1: is <laughs> this will be my thing. I can handle
0: this one. It's okay. It's going to be okay. Yeah.
1: And you just like get to this level of expertise where you're just like, okay, I know how to solve for this or I have this framework that I can draw from to solve for it. And I think that's what it is. Is like you get to the point where it's just like stripped of like 98% of the drama and you're like, Oh, Okay here's this new thing, I have the confidence around it. And I think that's that's what it is for a lot of people. It's like the stuff still comes up, but you have that confidence and the expertise around it to know how to handle it or to like troubleshoot it.
0: Yes. And I know for myself, if I ever know things start getting kind of weird, I know exactly what I can do to straighten myself out. And I don't wait till I gain 25 pounds to do that. You know, I just start noticing like something's a little off here. And so, okay, I know exactly what to do to, you know, cool my brain off and, and get everything settled down and looking into what's actually going on for me, because of course it never is really about the food anyway. Mm -hmm. And then working through that and, and recognizing the more that I do that work and work through what is going on for me on an emotional level, the less importance the food has. Cause my brain doesn't feel like, well, Hey, I need to keep all these emotions stopped up Let's do that with food, you know? Mm-hmm. So like the answer is you should eat something because that's yeah. really what it is. Like those urges go down when you're not trying to hold kind of like the the lid up on your emotional life. So good. All right. Should we leave it at that?
1: I think we should <laughs> leave it at that. I feel it. Like I'm like, have we spoiled the whole thing? But no, people should definitely watch. We might have.
0: It's worth watching just for the the imagery. It's so beautiful. It's just like this, you know, idyllic. Beautiful. I mean, just like what do they call the, the the fruit basket? Like where they have their whole orchard. Uh-huh. It's so beautiful the way that all the trees are even laid out. Oh, it's so pretty. It's
1: gorgeous. And you have, I mean, would you have your kids watch this? Cause there's some farmyard stuff that's like a little challenging.
0: Yeah, there's I mean, you know, not little kids. I actually thought about that. I mean, for sure, my teenager. I mean, I I don't know. My 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 little two are actually pretty tough cookies. Like they always surprise me. Like things don't scare them that would have terrified me as a kid. So I think there's they're a little hardier stock than maybe I was, but but I think yeah, I would just, you know, you you should definitely take into consideration that, you know, animals die, you know, there's like and they show that <laughs> they, they, they definitely do. they show they show I think is it a calf being born? Well they show they kinda of show the pigs being born, but then I think there's also a time where he's I think he was like pulling a calf out, I delivering so. a calf. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's like it's it's the real farm. I mean, for people who it's live on a farm, farm or grew up on a farm, they're gonna be like, yeah, it's just farm life. But for those of us all protected in suburbia, I guess we're. Yeah, you know,
1: <laughs> we'll, we'll I but, was thinking about that. I'm yes. like, oh, because people would be like, oh, let's have the, let's yeah, show this to the kids, like the farm.
0: Maybe. Yeah, but like a, a little kid, I think I probably wouldn't so much. But it's it's worth watching. I loved it, and like I said, I'm like this just makes me want to like do something garden-y. and then I'm like, wait, I'm forgetting the fact that I don't like to go.
1: <laughs> I'll tell you what before because it's hot here in Arkansas now like it, I was out at like 6 30 a.m bundling sticks and I was like okay that just took me an hour and a half so for sure I will not be working on a farm anytime soon I'm like <laughs>
0: right. the <are> romanticism gone <laughs> right exactly exactly I think it is like yeah very romantic and then it's like oh wait so you actually do it and then you're <laughs> and like actually mm, to do it know, I'd rather watch the movie thanks <laughs> I know I know but you know thank goodness for our farm far- and for the people who are exactly. willing to do this, I like serious mad props to them. And I'm telling you this farm, I was like, I would buy, if I live near them, I would buy like everything I could from them, like all, all the it. produce that I could and like everything to just support them because I just, you know, and there are of course other ways too. there's community supported agriculture, CSA, getting, you can support your local farmer with that. I think there's actually a website called local harvest, mm-hmm. localharvest.org.com. Yep. Something.org. But anyway, you can search for stuff that's local to you as well. So I just feel a need to, you know, give a little promotion to our our local farmers. Because without them, what are we eating? Twinkies? <laughs> Processed <laughs> everything? I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> uh, they keep us all alive and healthy. So, all right, Lynn, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. I'm sure everybody enjoyed our little banter. <laughs> Always. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for the idea. It was fun to watch this movie again. Yes. All right. Thanks. Ready to start making progress on your weight loss goals? For lots of free help, go to KatrinaUbelMD.com and click on free resources.